You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck. We are coming off of a very busy, very storyline-filled UFC 287 event. Went down in Miami this past Saturday. We have a new slash once again, middleweight champion of the world. His name is Israel Adesanya. Knocks Alex Pereira unconscious in round two. Little rope-a-dope action. What a win. What a performance. What a fight. Adesanya is the champion once again. Gilbert Burns defeats Jorge Mazadal. Mazadal retires. Rob Font knocks out Adrian Yanez. Kevin Holland knocks out Santiago Ponzinibbio. 18-year-old Raul Rosas Jr. loses his first fight. And a whole bunch of other stuff happened. It was a a crazy event. Obviously, the watch party was a lot of fun. The reaction to Adesani's knockout has gotten a lot of attention from all of us, especially Miami Vice GC doing that swim move that I, I just can't even put into words. And it was just a it was just a fun time. It was just a fun time. I was feeling a little rotten heading in. Uh, I talked about it a little bit on onto the next one and some other things, but I am feeling a little bit better today. A lot of people have reached out how I'm doing. I uh, feel a lot better today. Rested a lot yesterday. Uh, got a good night's sleep last night. So not a hundred percent, but probably like ninety five. So I'm feeling pretty good. But man, UFC two eighty seven was fun. 
Adesanya gets it done. And now there's like a big question going on. And I, to me, this doesn't seem like much of a question, but I'll, I'll certainly be happy to get your reactions to all of this. Do we go back to the trilogy? Do we just, or, or whatever we're calling the fifth fight? Because to me, this is a no-brainer. We have to do it one more time. We have to do it one more time. Pereira finishes Adesanya in November. Adesanya finishes Pereira the second time around. To me, you got to strike while the iron's hot. You're not going to have a lot more time to do this. I know Pereira is a massive non-human-like person who probably shouldn't be fighting at 185. He's just a giant human being. But again, until I hear Alex Pereira say, I'm done at 185, I'm moving up, I think we have to do this one more time, don't we? doesn't need to be something we go back to right the second, but November, December, who does – like it's just the most compelling fight you can make right now for either guy. It just is. I don't, I don't understand why people are just like, nah, let's do other things. No. Why, why would we do other things right now? I'm more interested in seeing this fight now than I was heading into this rematch. And I'm more interested in seeing this fight now than I was heading into UFC 281, despite all the storylines. I'm fascinated by it. We got to see the adjustments Adesanya got to make. And now we get to see the adjustments Pereira tries to make coming off of a loss after winning the first three fights. I just feel like we have to do it. And there's no clear-cut guy right now. There just isn't. You got Robert Whitaker, and it kind of sucks for him that he has to sit on the sidelines while all this happens. We have... Jerkis Duplessis, who I, to me, I don't think he has earned a title fight yet. He's gotten a couple of nice wins, but beating Derek Brunson and Darren Till, to me, doesn't get you a title shot. It just doesn't. You got to do a little bit more. If you want to do DDP versus Robert Whitaker to see if that's the fight, if, he, if he's that guy, I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. Some people are saying, let's just give Hamzat the title shot. Don't necessarily buy that. Because we don't know what this guy's going to do. He keeps flip-flopping. Is he going to be 170? Is he going to be 185? Dana's saying 185. Hamzat saying, I could still fight at 170. There's just too many unanswered questions. When you have another massive fight that just broke last year's MSG gate in Miami, I just don't see how this is even a question right now. Unless, like I said, Pereira comes out and says, I can't make 185 anymore. Physically can't do it. I'll move it to 205. Maybe I'll see Izzy up there someday, which is fascinating in its own right. But until I hear those words, I'm going to be beating the drum to just have these two guys fight again. And I know a lot of us are sick of the immediate rematches. I get it. I get it. But this is different. This is different. It's a storied rivalry. This is a fascinating approach, the the stylistic stuff. Uh, the, the the chapters that have already been written, it's fascinating. It's the biggest thing you could do for either guy at the moment. And if Pereira's going to cut to 185, he's only going to be able to do one more time. And if the longer you wait, the less likely it's going to happen. So that's what I think. Maybe you guys feel differently, but let's go into this thing. Let's hear what you have to say following UFC 287. Four quarter sports, hello. Hey, so coming into this morning, I was thinking about maybe allowing Izzy to fight Alex Pereira 
uh, for an immediate rematch. But I don't think that Izzy's next fight should be Alex Pereira. It should be Alex Pereira's next fight. Like, sort of do, like, what they did with with uh, Daniel Cormier when, you know, he defeated Sipe. You know, give him somebody else. And then when Alex is ready to um, to fight again, you know, what's it called? They can have that, that match lined up. I think you're right. I don't agree having Drakus have um, a title match just because I feel like he hasn't deserved it. I feel like maybe fight, let him fight Sean Strickland or something of that nature, but it seems like there is a little bit of momentum building up that maybe they should allow uh, Drakus to fight because who else is next? I mean, nobody wants to see a third time of Robert Whitaker fighting. Nobody wants to see him fight Marvin Vittori. Nobody wants to see him fight, you know, pretty much anybody. I mean, Drakus is just new blood at this point, and Hamza hasn't deserved it. I was thinking Hamza from a dollar standpoint because that would definitely sell, but Drakus makes the most sense. Um, they both both seem like they don't like each other whatsoever. Alex, I think he needs to take some time off. I think maybe him fighting towards the ending of the year makes more sense just because that was a n- nasty knockout. Um, it was unlike, you know, the beating that um, Izzy um, ended up receiving at MSG. But I just do feel that Izzy should fight somebody else. I I don't feel like what's the call we should dismiss, you know, having a trilogy into the UFC. I just think that we'll have it this year, but I think that just how when Alex is ready to return back into the octagon, Izzy likes to be active, and that's one good thing about Izzy. So I think that should be next, in my opinion. Um, and then also, I wanted to ask you, you know, has any has anything came up as for with Sam Hughes and her comments? I know you guys put it out there on MMAfighting.com that, um, that she admitted that her boyfriend ended up placing a $1,000 bet on her when she was a plus 400 underdog. I mean, first thing that came to my mind was like, man, like why are you revealing too much information? That's something that shouldn't be necessary. Um, it was kind of, it was kind of like cringing to hear just because it's like, man, you saw what happened to James Krause and James Krause has been at MIA ever since. So there's that. And then lastly, um, I said it on, on the pod last week about Rob Font having the tougher, um, what's it called, um, fight background, just the, the, the test that he ended up um, getting to to that point as opposed to Adrian Giannis, and it did pan out. I mean, experience does matter. Um, you guys said on the watch party, phenomenal watch party. I actually watched it on Sunday when I was working um, just to, you know, see what, what I missed. But, you know, Adrian, um, Adrian Giannis needs to, you know, he'll bounce back from it, but I just think that Rob Font's experience really did matter in that, and Giannis needs to move ahead a little bit more I mean, he did get hit a lot. I mean, he was hitting um, Font, and Font, you know, all, with all the wars that he's been through throughout the years, the it did show on his face. And I would have favored Giannis if the fight would have went longer, but, you know, Rob Font is sneaky good, and I I love what I saw. But I just want to know what you, what you thought about all three points. All right, thanks, Mike. Have a good one, and see you. So the Sam Hughes thing, don't know much kind of on the, 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 the aftermath of that. Um, I know like the UFC prohibits athletes from betting on fights, including betting of, on themselves, but that includes coaches, managers, handlers, trainers, uh, family members. I don't know if boyfriends falls into that. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, I didn't really have time to really look into it. 
because as it was happening, we were getting ready for the watch party. So it's not something I had time to really dive into, but yeah, I don't know if boyfriends, non-husbands are allowed to do that. But yeah, she probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, I don't think she's going to get punished. I don't think she's going to like get fired or lose her job or anything like that. I don't think she, there's going to be any sort of repercussion. But is there a world where she probably got a stern talking to after that? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. As far as the, yeah, the Rob Font thing, that, that was the same thing that I've been saying for the entire build to the fight. Giannis, super talented guy. Rob, super talented guy. But Rob's losses were to the cream of the crop. To Jose Aldo, to Marlon Vera. And it's, yeah, he got beat up. He got dropped and he got hurt by both of those guys. But it's not like he was a fish out of water in either of those fights. Just the level of competition that Rob has fought, it was night and day compared to Adrian Giannis. And you just can't put a price tag on fighting the best fighters in the world, which Adrian hadn't done to that point. And I loved Rob's strategy. I loved how he threw the jab, but if he missed, he would do sort of a, a collar tie with, with, with his hand. If, he, if the jab overextended, he would just grab the back of Adrian's head and sort of turn it into a dirty fight, which was, was nasty stuff. And the fight went pretty... I didn't think Rob was going to knock him out, but... The fight went pretty much the way I thought it was going to go. And Rob gets the big win. And as far as Izzy goes, like I just I have no interest in a DDP fight right now. I know Jed Bashu feels differently because he thinks it would be hilarious, but I don't like I don't think that fight's I'm not gonna say it's not competitive, but I would heavily favor Israel Adesanya in that fight. Heavily. And maybe I'm crazy, but I just I need to see DDP do more. Again, it's almost the same thing. Like, I respect DDP beating Darren Till, but Darren Till is just not the same dude. And Derek Brunson has a foot out the door. So it's not the same. To me, it's, I value those wins the same as I value Gilbert Burns beating Jorge Mazadal. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't give... Gilbert probably could have gone out there and just... I don't know. We'll see. If they go that route, fine. But again, that's going to have to be... Like, man, we desperately need a main event for a card. So, like, let's try to put something together featuring one of our big stars. But, yeah, I don't, I, I just don't love that fight. I think the build is going to be awful. Who's, who, who's the more, who supports their country more? There's going to be ugly things said about each other. Yeah, I, I just don't love it. I would rather wait and just have Adesanya fight prayer at the end of the year. But we'll see what happens. Let's go to King Katz. Hey, Mike. Uh, glad that you're feeling better. Um, question about the Nunes-Pena fight that was officially uh, announced uh, on the card. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, I know personally I kind of wasn't looking forward to it, um, especially after what Nunez did to Pena. I mean, 50-43, you know. Um, I read in an interview, too, that um, Amanda was thinking it was going to be Aldana, but the UFC said Pena. So what are your thoughts on it, and why do you think that they chose uh, the Pena rematch over Aldana when it seems like they're really trying to build up 
their um, fan base in Mexico, and it would make sense to have Aldana, you know, going up against uh, a champ and, and having that um, potential to get a, a belt. So what are your thoughts on that, Mike? Thanks. So this is a weird one. The The reaction to it is about what we all expected it to be because I just don't think this is kind of a desperation move, honestly. Uh, there's at least some story there. You could tell the story that Pena beat Nunez and that Pena had a moment in the rematch, but I think most people would know who actually watched that second fight that that fight was not close. It was not competitive, and it was just a fun beating that Juliana Pena took. Pena took, I think we talked about this on the post-fight show right after, it was the most compelling one-sided ass-whooping we've ever seen because Pena was tough, and she showed her gusto, and she threw up a triangle and an arm bar at certain points, and it gave us like, oh, maybe she has this, even though she wasn't even really close to getting it. It's probably slightly the bigger fight than the Irene Aldana fight just because of the history, but tough, tough hang for Vancouver, man. Tough one. But there's just nothing else. I mean, there's just really nothing else. Unless Adesanya wants to visit Vancouver in June and fight DDP. I mean, that's that's the only other way you could do that fight is just to make this one seem better. But yeah. I mean, look, they can't all be 285s and 287s. We have to have cards like this sometimes. We're going to have two pay-per-views in July. We're going to have the International Fight Week card. Dana wants to do a second one in London, which we would assume would be the Leon Colby card. So, I mean, it is what it is. If this was not... The fact that it's headlining is why I think it's happening. If this was going to be, if they're going to do this on International Fight Week and they're going to do, right now it's Volkanovski, Yair, that's kind of slotted as the top fight, even though that's not 100% official just yet. If that's, if they're going to do Amanda Nunes in the co-main event spot, you could do Nunes versus Aldana because you're not trying to use Nunes to necessarily sell pay-per-views. But in this case, you're kind of using Nunes to sell pay-per-views, and the best way is to kind of put her in a rivalry place, put her in a position where she has actually lost to this person. And you can tell that story, even though the hardcores understand how the second fight went and understood what happened the first fight. So it is what it is. The reaction to it is kind of what we all expected it to be, and that's, uh, that's going to happen. They're going to have to stack the deck below that I'm sure or else it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough buy tough sell for the pay-per-view buying audience for night for 80 bucks Wonderboy Pereira's fun even though that fight's not done done yet Danny Gay Nate Lambert's great and there's other like interesting things happening but you're gonna have a tough time selling a lot of pay-per-views especially when you're telling fans hey you're gonna have to drop 80 bucks twice in July so once in a while, you have to have kind of a throwaway, and that's one of them. But we'll see. Maybe Payne can do it again and shut us, shut us all up. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Ani, hello. A bit noisy out here. Is it noisy? If a yes, then oh, is it? Is it? If it's okay, then I'll just make it quick. Um, yeah. Sorry about the noise again. I'm in a cafe. Um, you know, if I was Sam Hughes' boyfriend, you know what I'd do? I'd speak to Sam Hughes, you know, like behind the scenes and stuff, and draft an emotional tweet saying that, I mean, right maybe two or three days before the pay-per-view that Sam Hughes and I have broken up and then place the bet. And then after, you know, uh, the whole match is done, after we get our money, we can get back together. You know, just a, the- a little bit of theater of sorts. Uh, but what I actually wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, come and, I mean, I-, I don't want to be this negative Nancy. You're, you're able to hear me, right? Yeah. Is it clear? I, got you. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be this negative Nancy over such a really nice car, such a really nice, uh, you know, good results, and you know, it was a memorable car to say the least. I, I understand that you were a bit disappointed with uh, Adesanya's uh, comments about MMA media in general. It's. I mean, no one feels good if you know they sort of. Um, put your occupation or your job down and just to make just to make it look as if their job is way more riskier and way more um, you know important than yours. It's not how it works. I feel like every job has its own worth, every job has its own ups and downs. As in like I'm pretty sure like, you know, it, it, it took you a long time and like a lot of effort to be where you are right now, you know. Um, but I think what Adesanya was actually referring to a couple of troll jobs. You see, I don't know if you remember this, but you know, there is this guy called MMA Guru. And um, I think a video, I don't know if he was putting on an act or if he actually meant it. After Mirab Devarishvili beat Peter Yan, he was like, 
man, this guy is not going to fight for the title. He's just choking up the division. And he said something on the lines that I hope Nadav Diwali gets paralyzed or something like that. That's a big no-no. I mean, I, I know it's funny coming from a guy who told you to do some matchmaking to end Paddy from this career, but that was lighthearted, wasn't it? I wasn't talking about, you know, Paddy getting injured or something. But you know, things like that, I just feel like people who sit behind the screen and talk shit like that, as in, because of what they do, I feel like the legit media people, I mean, the legitimate journalists, like people like yourself, people like, you know, uh, Ariel, New Yorker, and, you know, and even Jada as well, I guess. And, you know, I think you just feel the brunt of it because of troll jobs like that MMA guru and a few more that I can't remember the names of. How bad is it that you think that an MMA fighter get, should get paralyzed just because he's not letting you get the match you want to watch? You know what I mean? I think Israel wants to say that, you know, we put our lives on the line and be a bit respectful when you write things. You don't have to be, I mean, you can be critical, but, you know, don't talk shit like that MMA guru. But I think there was nothing wrong in what MMA fighting or, you know, the majority of the media did, if you know what I mean. This is what I wanted to talk about. And I'm sorry about the noise again. All good, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that kind of annoys me. The whole, I could do your job, but you can't do mine. Um, Look, Izzy's obviously got the money and the resources and he could do certain things that we can do. Um, but like for instance, and I'm not I'm not I'm not trust me when I tell you, I'm I'm a very humble person. That the 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 feature I did last week on the Fury FC thing, Izzy ain't doing that. Sorry, he just isn't. Now if he wants to do opinions and do fight breakdowns. I'm sure he's great at that. Could he do interviews? Absolutely. Um, but there are certain things he can't do. And I can't fight. He's right about that. Uh, he could do our jobs in certain senses and he can have, he have his own show and answer questions and do all that stuff. Yeah. He could do that stuff, but he can't do everything. Maybe he could learn over time, but he acts like he could just quit his job and just do this, this job. And I just don't think that's true. There's certain people he could do it for, and there's certain, like you said, there's certain opinionated things that he could do. I mean, really, anybody could just turn on a video camera and say things. You, you can do it. But, yeah, and that's the problem, like painting us all in the same brush. Like Dana White has done that a million times. Uh, that drives you crazy. Uh, and people like to do that all the time. But, yeah. That, that, that just like annoys me, but I get it. Like it is what it is. It doesn't like hurt my feelings. I just joke about it more than anything else. But I don't know. That's the road you want to take. That's that's the road you want to take. Colby does that too. Oh, a real journalist. <laughs> he just rags on Ariel and stuff. Calls me a real journalist with a real journalism degree. And I've told Colby this a million times before in the past. I'm just not going to correct him anymore. Uh, I don't have a journalism degree. I don't. Uh, I've said this in other interviews. I, I don't have a journalism degree. Uh, I learned how to do this along the way. I've learned what I, I've made mistakes and I've learned things, but I'm very journalistic, but I just don't have the degree. 
So yeah, all that's just kind of funny. But man, the city, the city kickboxing guys sometimes they just they they play that role. Volk does the same thing sometimes. Oh, you all doubted me. All of you. All of you picked against me. When only like two people picked against him. It's just but look, I, I say this all the time. Calvin Cater has told me sometimes fighters need to find chips on their sho- to, to put on their shoulders. And sometimes you need the chip for a fight. And sometimes you need it for after the fight. And Izzy and Volk need to have that chip all the time. But yeah, the whole, some of it just take, take it a little too seriously. You can't lump us all together. You, you, just, you just can't. Let's go to Cooper. Cooper, hello. Cooper, you're muted. Sorry, Mike, I was muted. Um, first time caller here. Uh, and this isn't a question about 287. I, uh, me and two brothers and a, and a good buddy of mine got tickets to head to New Jersey for UFC 288. We're fired up about it. I guess I'm just curious and wondering if you have any recommendations and what to expect from that. Thank you and have a blessed day. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're, I assume you're from the area. So if this is your first UFC card, I, I would go and do it all. I would go to the press conferences. I'd go to the ceremonial weigh-ins. I would do the whole thing. I would, I would do the whole thing and just enjoy the week and, and try to make the most of it. What we're, I don't know if we're going to do this. I'm working on it, but my plan is to, since it's in Newark and it's not a far drive from, or a far ride or a big distance from the studios where we do the watch parties, my hope would be that uh, I will come in Friday morning, like super early Friday morning, get there in time to be part of the morning weigh-ins, help Jose out there. Um, help out with ceremonial weigh-ins after, and then maybe do like a little meetup with the peeps. Maybe get GC involved and we just do a little fun little meetup. Like, I think that'd be cool. No, not sure if we'll do it in Newark or like over the line in New York, but we'll figure it out. But if there's things happening, I, I would just recommend taking in everything, taking in it all and just get the full experience and just have fun. I'm, I'm pumped that you'll be able to check that out and and get to experience it. Hopefully the fight card delivers for you. I think Sterling Cejudo is interesting. I think the co-main event's fun. Mike. We're good. What's up, Abzualia? Hi. So um, I just want to talk regarding the middleweight division and its future. So in my opinion, I think this would be the perfect time to actually set up the Hamza Chimaev and Adesanya fight. But guarantee Hamza does need a win first. And I think the best win he could get is definitely um, Robert Whittaker or Marvin Vittori as those are the two greatest um, middleweights after Adesanya and they've only lost to the you know the top best. Um, Duplessis, I think he needs to prove himself as well. Fight maybe Cadenia, you know, because that's a good fight and that would definitely set the stone. Or he could fight again Marvin Vittori, who's much more younger, around the same age group. Um, you know, and obviously we know with Hamza and Adesanya, that will definitely do big PPVs and it will set the stage to see if Hamza really will become the champion of the weight class. You know, and 
And uh, I just want to finish it with this. Um, do you think Hamza can still make 170 in the future? Maybe there's a case, hey, if Kobe was the title in July, would uh, Dana consider Hamza, you know, being that he did he did beat the ranked number two uh, Burns at the time last year, they could give him the title shot and skip over Bilal or Burns himself. Let me know your thoughts on that. I don't know. I think if Hamza's going to fight at 185, I think he's going to stick there for a while. Because that's the whole thing. That that The flip-flopping and the weight management and him saying, I'll do this, oh, no, I'll go to 205. No, I'll do this. Like, that has actually hurt Hamzat's career in a lot of places. Like, if he just kind of picked a weight class and stuck with it, we might be having different conversations right now. Yes, Hamzat versus Izzy would be big. Uh, I would not do Hamzat versus Marvin Vittori. I would not do Hamzat versus Robert Whitaker. I think Hamzat has the right idea, as does the guy who I think he should fight. Just get him in there with Paulo Costa. Let them beat the shit out of each other. Like, that's a tough... Like, I think Hamzat's going to win, but there are a lot of people who feel like Paulo Costa has a, has a chance in that fight. So, let's just do that. Do it in October. They have the plan. Just do that. And if Hamzat gets a win over Paulo Costa, give him the title fight. That's it. Hamzat is so much is so much more over than Drickus Duplessis is right now that it's not even funny how much more over Hamzat is than DDP. DDP should have to fight Marvin Vittori. DDP beats Marvin Vittori, give him the freaking title shot. But that's a that's a big ask. That's a big if. So that's the fight. DDP Marvin Vittori, love that. Hamza versus Paul Costa, love that, personal. It's going to be one of those fights that can carry an entire card. It's going to grow an in interest all week long during fight week. By the time you get to Saturday, it's the fight everyone's going to be talking about, even over what the main event's going to be. Just do that. And then if we still don't have a f- full clarity, you can do Hamza versus DDP. Yeah, that's cool. But DDP probably needs to earn it a little. DDP clearly has to earn it more in the UFC world than than Hamza Chimaev does, hundred percent. Uh, let's go to Mikey. Let our emotions drive what um, the things that we want to do, like. First, everyone's sick of rematches, but if it's the right rematch, we want it. And it's just, listen, I'm not saying that I wouldn't mind Alex and Izzy running it back three times in a row. But if we want to keep, because if they run it back and Izzy wins, or if Alec wins, then the middleweight division will, will still be in the same place it's at. So I just want there to be some room to breathe. You know what I mean? I the, Giving Driscus a title shot now actually is one of those things where you kind of like you pay you pay the toll right you give him the title shot early and depending on how he performs then that will dictate about what his contendership can be moving forward is there a chance he gets smoked sure but if we're going to prolong it and the same result's going to happen what's the difference you know what i mean because what you risk is you risk burning out all of these matchups too soon i mean i'd rather it's like this isn't similar, but it's like, remember when Canelo fought Floyd Mayweather? Floyd Mayweather took that fight at the right time because he knew Canelo wasn't as well-rounded as he could have been now. So he took that fight so he could say, hey, I'm going to give this kid his loss. 
when everyone knows that they should probably have a rematch, but he never did it because, you know, Floyd, Floyd's very astute that way. But that's how I see it. If you, you give Driscus a title shot now, if he wins, obviously, there's the obvious result. If he wins, then, you know, there's that built-in storyline. But if he loses, you can at least chop it up to, well, okay, he probably got a title shot too soon, and then he can build his way back up. Because, again, that's how you let the division keep flowing. Because then we have situations like Amanda and Juliana, which I personally am not fond of, obviously. just And the only reason I'm not fond of it is because, again, there was no room in between. If Amanda defended the title against Irene and then beat Irene and then said, okay, here, fight Juliana again, that'd be fine. But three years in a row, uh, that's what's really tough, you know, because and, and especially with the manner of the way these fights are ending, I mean, Alex and Izzy both stopped each other, you know? They, were, they weren't like two consecutive, like, razor-close split decisions where you could go, man, that was so close. And yeah, I argued in the first fight that Izzy was winning had it gone to decisions before getting knocked out, and that, you know, merited the immediate rematch. But at the end of the day, both fights ended up stop stoppage. That's another thing, too. People need to stop being disingenuous about that. It's like, oh, Alex deserves an immediate rematch. Why? He didn't even defend the title. Izzy had five title defenses and was winning that fight and then got stopped in the fifth round. That was way more justification for an immediate rematch than what Alex did. And I respect Alex, but come on. You know what I mean? So that'll be all for me today. Might be kind of one another. There's just no appetite at all for Izzy versus DDP. There's zero appetite. None. But there's lots of appetite for Izzy Pereira 3. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm more fascinated by Izzy Pereira 3 than I was Izzy Pereira 1 and Izzy Pereira 2. I want to see it one more time. And here's the thing. If you don't do it now, it's never, ever going to happen. This is not a back pocket fight. Pereira is getting older. He is a giant. His days of making 185, if they're not over, he's got one more cut, and that's it. And then the only other way you can get back to this is you have to hope that Alex Pereira can win the light heavyweight title. Because if he can't, they're never fighting again. That's it. They're never fighting again. So do you want them to fight again, or do you not want them to fight again? This is not a fight you just headline a fight night card with. It's got to be a title fight, and the stakes have to be high. That's it. If you're going to do it, you have to do it now. Because Pereira's going to have to move up physically to 205. Does he have one more cut in him? That I don't know. But who knows? Pereira could come out tomorrow and be like, look, I'm done at 185. I'm moving to 205. And then we move on. But until I hear Alex Pereira say those words, this is the only fight you can make. DDP just can't, you can't give him a title fight after beating Darren Till and beating Derek Brunson, who was half retired. Now, I'll give you this. If they book DDP versus Marvin Vittori for June or July and DDP wins that fight, guess what? Okay, that changes things a little bit. You beat Marvin Vittori, you deserve a title shot. Or if you want to throw DDP in there with Robert Whitaker, cool. Because you can't give Whitaker out of Sonny right now. You could do Hamzat. Like, you could do it. I don't want – I would rather see Hamzat get a win. But if, if we are completely moved on 
If we are completely moved on from this rivalry, then just give it to Hamzat. Just give it to Hamzat. But I don't think we're done with this. We have to do it now. Otherwise, you need a lot of other things to happen. That's why I'm mostly in on it, because I just I have to see it one more time. And if there's a chance that Pereira can make that cut one more time, then we got to do it. We got to do it. Just do it before the end of the year. If you have to do an interim title in the process just to move the division along, fine. I don't care. Do GDP Robert Whitaker for the interim title. And no, we're not in the same position as we are, depending on the result, because that's it. It's two to one. We're done. Pereira wins, yeah, maybe relinquishes the belt and moves up to 205. So what? If Adesanya wins, cool. He put the man behind him. We're done with this. Then he can fight whoever he wants. But I think we just we have to strike now. Uh, let's go to Masoom. <clears throat> What's up, Masoom? Hi, Mike. Hope you're well. Um, I wanted your opinion on is his KO finish. Would you say it's up there with Usman versus Leon's finish on the second fight? Um, yeah, that's it. Um, aesthetically, yes. Shock-wise, no. Because I predicted Adesanya was going to knock him out in the third round. So I wasn't – I think it was just maybe the way that it happened was kind of weird and that he just deaded Pereira was kind of strange. But I wasn't – it's just the, the moment – how it happened was surprising, but it happening was not surprising because I had predicted that Adesanya was going to finish him. But, yeah, I, I think the Leon knockout is just – it's going to be very t- difficult to top that knockout. Where it's just like, oh, if this one's over, let's just call it a day. Let's change the channel. And then you find out you changed the channel and you missed that knockout. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's the same, but both very impressive. I think Adesanya probably has the KO of the year. He's the front runner at the moment. I know it's only April, but considering the stakes and the magnitude of the fight and everything that has happened, that's probably the knockout of the year so far in, in, in 2023. And it's at worst going to be in the top five. But what a moment, how it all transpired. Just, I mean, he just deaded the man. Just incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. Let's go to Brian. Hey, how you doing? Good. I have to uh, give you a shout-out for your boy, Rob Fawn from Boston. Uh, impressive win. Uh, I, I love watching Rob. He's one of my favorite fighters, so um, just wanted to shout him out. But I had to touch on two things, uh, including the middleweights. Um, and I think I agree with you completely. I think it has to be a third. I'm, I'm not even one of those people that mentions the two kickboxing fights. I think it's pretty obvious kickboxing. Pereira's had a better career. Izzy's going to have a better MMA career. But I think we just have to see the conclusion of this. Both fights were so close to the other guy winning at times, I think, too. Um, Pereira, obviously, not as close as Izzy was in the first fight, uh, MMA fight. But, I mean, had him against the fence multiple times, battering his legs. I don't know why any MMA fan wouldn't want to see this again. I'm I'm shocked Dana doesn't want to see this. But he also has Colby fighting for the welterweight title. So, um, And then the other thing is, if they do want to get Hamza out of shot and they want it quick... Um, and the Costa route's kind of too far. 
I think they should probably match him up with Gaslam. I feel like Gaslam's a guy that could turn around in two, three months here. Perfect matchup for Hamzat. It's someone respectable. It's someone with a former title shot. And it just gets a number next to his name. So I just kind of wanted your opinion um, if they would pivot to that. Thanks, Mike. No. It's too risky with the Kelvin Gaslam fight. Now, we're all we're all very happy to see Kelvin come back and, and have the fight that he had. And uh, him and Chris Curtis just beat the shit out of each other. And Chris is not happy about all that. He's been tweeting up a storm. And I don't know how to feel about it. Um, he was in there. Dude was in there. The headbutt changed a lot. Do I think if that headbutt doesn't happen that Chris 100% wins the fight? Eh. Don't know. But, yeah, a lot of people have pointed out how, how Chris has been sort of handling all of this. Um, maybe not sportsmanlike in a lot of people's minds, but that's kind of how Chris is. Like, he just, he's always been like this. Um, and some of that, and I've told this to him in, in past interviews before he signed with the UFC, a lot of people feel like his social media presence and him saying the things that he has said on social media uh, about the company and about certain fights and about how he's handled losses and certain things, uh, that has kind of kept him out of the UFC for a while. That's how a lot of people have felt, and I've asked him about that, and he's, that's just who he is. That's just who he is. When he has things on his mind, he just says them. Um, and now some people that will say some more heinous shit that's on their minds than what Chris Curtis is saying, but that's just how Chris has been. He's been that way for a while and makes him feel better. And sometimes people feel it's like kind of a detriment. That's why he kind of kept him out of the, the promotion for, for as long as he did, as he's been out. But that's just who he is. He's been like, that. if like, if you, I've been friends with Chris Curtis on Facebook for years and um, I've seen a lot worse than, than what we're seeing on, on Twitter. So, uh, but the question was more about Gaslam. It's just too risky of a fight, man. It's just way too risky. Now, my other option would be Sean Strickland because that dude's showing up. Sean is showing up to fight. And doesn't matter if it's, they booked that fight in five seconds, five months or five weeks or five days. Sean Strickland is showing up to fight Hamza Chemaev. Let the chips fall where they may. Will the buildup be fun? Depends on who you are. Will it be classy? Probably not. But will Sean Strickland show up to fight Hamza Chemaev? You bet your ass he will. So if it ain't Costa, Strickland is 1B for me, and Strickland will show up and try to fight that man. He will not say no to it. There will be no hesitation from him. He will fight Hamza Chemaev whether it's in Abu Dhabi or Las Vegas or in an alley behind a 7-Eleven, Sean Strickland will be there. And you can't say the same about Kelvin. Not, not saying he'd be nervous or scared. I'm not saying that. It's just Kelvin has been snake-bitten with a lot of bad luck. And so is Hamzad, if we're being honest. And you're asking two guys who have been kind of risky in getting into the cage to fight each other. It's tough. It's a tough sell for me. CV, hello. CV. Yo, Mike, can you hear me? Yep. What's up, man? Yeah, uh, I just want to add to that, too. Um, like, if we're not taking any, like, rankings or any stakes um, into account uh, with regards to the middleweight division, I think uh, Gasolum versus DDP would actually be a, a fun-ass fight. 
But um, my question is uh, with Kevin Holland. Um, I know we kind of think like he's just going to be like um, like a fun fights kind of guy. But uh, what do you think about him actually being like a, a top five guy in welterweight? Um, like based on all like his like interviews and stuff, he seems like he kind of like um, mellowed down a bit. Like like he's still loud as hell, but I don't know. He seems like he's got like a like a good head on him now. So um, yeah, what do you think about Kevin Holland? becoming like a legit player. I mean, he's certainly talented enough and he's certainly got the personality and people like him or don't. They react to him one way or the other. Could happen. I'm not ruling it out, but I just feel like, I just don't feel like he's a top five welterweight. I mean, Wonderboy beat the brakes off of him. And I know the hand injury and all that stuff, but Wonderboy, Wonderboy beat, Booted him. He beat, he beat him. Pillar to post. And if you're having, if, and this is not a, this is not me saying like Wonder Boy's bad or anything. Well, Wonder Boy's also 40. Was just knocking on the door of 40 when that fight happened. And Wonder Boy blasted Kevin Holland. That fight was not competitive. It was fun, but more, more of it was, was Wonder Boy just putting the boots to Kevin. And it was, Kevin's toughness and his his durability that kept him in that fight as long as it did as long as he did. I just don't know if Kevin's that guy. Try to middleweight, and when you have like elite grapplers in there, like would you pick Kevin Holland to be Bilal Muhammad right now? I don't think I wouldn't. Would you pick him to be Gilbert Burns? No, probably not. Would you be pick him to be, be Colby? No. I mean, those are the guys. I mean, those are the dudes. I, I, I didn't even pick Kevin to beat Santa. I picked Ponzinibbio to beat Kevin Holland. But again, it's not being just like Kevin's just Kevin's a very solid hand, and like some some guys just don't need belts and they don't need rankings. Like I, I compare Kevin Holland to Derek Lewis. Like, could he get to a title fight? Sure. Would people want love to see Kevin Holland win a UFC title? Like, what a cool moment would that be? Sure. But we're not going to confidently pick him in those fights. We just want to see Kevin fight and show up on fight week and have a microphone in his hand. Like, that's what we want to see. We just want to see him fight. So if he gets there, it'd be a pretty cool story, but I don't think we need to see him there. Which, which is why I think wins and losses don't really matter for Kevin, just like they don't really matter for Derek Lewis. To certain extents, like Derek getting rolled by Sergey Spivak, that one hurts. That one was a tough one, but Kevin's just there, and people want to see him fight. And he's going to make a lot of money, whether he fights for belts or not. So my on note, my on to the next one pick was we get D Rod fighting Ian Machado Gary next month on that. I believe it's on that Charlotte card. Winner of that fights Kevin Holland. Both those fights are awesome, or awesome fights. Those are co-main events on fight nights. You could headline a fight night with, the, with either of those fights, in my opinion, with Kevin's name. So maybe he can get there. I'm not ruling it out altogether, but I just don't know if he can. Like, would you pick Kevin Holland to get Sean Brady right now? I wouldn't. He called out Chiesa. I like that fight. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. 
but I don't even know if I'd pick Kevin in that fight. I don't know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Julio, hello. Hey, good morning. So for all the cringiness that, that Adesanya says, him pulling out the bow and arrow after he, he knocked out Pajeda was probably one of the coldest things I've ever seen. Uh, I just wanted to start off with that. <clears throat> and then as far as him saying that, you know, he doesn't keep score, he settles them. I, I kind of, I'm back and forth with that because it kind of feels like, you know, when, you, when you're playing a pickup game in sports, like, I don't know, soccer or basketball or something, you're just playing around, but you, you keep, you're losing, you're losing until you're at the end. Somebody's like, oh, last, last goal or last, last shot wins. And, and then you end up winning, right? But you were getting beat up the whole time. Like, it just kind of seems like, you know, until he finally won, now he's saying like, "Oh, this this is done." Like, no, it's not done. Yeah, there there should be a rematch, but at the same time, I feel like I feel like Pajeda did kind of leapfrog his way to the title shot because of Adesanya, because of the history they had. So, just kind of back and forth on that. I want, wanted to hear your your take. So, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what happened. But we knew that was going to happen. We've talked about it before. The UFC was brilliant in getting Adis- in getting Pereira in that spot. Matchmaking was perfect. Threw him in there with like the worst middleweight in, in the on the roster. Got a highlight reel. Then you threw him in there with like a top twenty ish dude. Has a tough fight. Gets the win. Then he gets Sean Strickland, a guy who was going to put the spotlight on that fight more than anybody else goes out there and just knocks out John Strickland right into the title fight. Like, it was brilliant. And then he, and then he, went, and then he won it. And then he beat the man. Finished him. In New York. Massive card. Lots of people. Then they fight again, and the build was intriguing. Everything was fun. And then Adesanya knocks him out. So, I just... Yeah, I... For Adesanya just to be like, yeah, this is done. We're, we're over with. I, I, I thought that was weird. I thought that was weird. Adesanya is a prize fighter. How could Adesanya possibly think that that's not his, the biggest fight he can get right now? It's the biggest fight he can get right now. It's not even close. It ain't DDP. And I think Hamzat, there's a case to be made, but I still don't think Hamzat's a bigger fight than a Pereira fight right now. So I found that, I thought that was a little weird. I thought that was a little strange. 
Uh, YVMZ, hello. Hi, Mike. Heck of a morning. Uh, two questions here for you. Um, what did you think about uh, Blahovich wanting to get the rematch and avenging that loss? I think that one would be pretty interesting. I don't know if the same outcome would come out of it, but wanted to get your thoughts on that. And uh, who do you got for Henry and Zahudo? Thanks. Um, I think Blahovich is trolling, and it's a tremendous troll. Loved it. I loved it. That was great. Not going to happen, but if you're Bohovich, shoot your damn shot. And if it's about scores and trying to settle them, Bohovich's timing was perfect because Bohovich has a win over him. I just don't think there's a world he can make 185 or he probably would have done so already. But no, that's I love I love the troll job. AK suggested if, if Pereira does go up to 205, um, no, that's somebody else. But you could do Pereira Blahovich. You could do something else. But AK wanted Pereira versus uh, Khalil Roundtree, which is just a ridiculous fight. But yeah, I, I don't think it happens. I don't see Blahovich moving to 185. But to me, it's a troll, and I love the troll. It was a tremendous one. And as far as uh, Sterling Cejudo, I'm picking Sterling. More on that as we get closer, but I just think Sterling is going to look and feel like he's two weight classes higher than Henry Cejudo. Trying to get Pella in, but it ain't going through. So we'll go to John, then we'll go to Patrick. John, hello. John, there you go. Can you hear me right? Yep. All right, so I was just, uh, I had a suggestion for you guys, for you guys next break. I'm sure you guys have already recorded this one. Uh, have you guys thought about putting a limit on how recent somebody's win was? Because everybody always talks about the fact that AK still has a winning rate. I would think that I put like a three-year limit. You guys already have the 18-month of competing. A three-year limit for uh, the last time somebody won a fight. That's it. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't really hear that. Uh, I think it was just like the, ranking people based on when they lost, when they won their last fights or something like that. So yeah, we do have an eighteen month limit on uh, inactivity. So that's why like Stepe is not ranked. That's why John Jones wasn't ranked for a while. That's why like Yoani and Jacek wasn't ranked for a while before she came back. Uh, we do have an eighteen month thing if you're inactive and. So that's how you do it, and then you could you could you could use your rankings however you want from there. Like Colby, Colby has dropped a bunch of spots in our rankings. I think he dropped like another spot after this past ranking cycle. So there you go. Let's go to Patrick. Heck of a morning, Mike. How we doing? We're good. What's up? I uh, first off, I just wanted to say, man, everyone needs to be like Joe Pfeiffer. I doubted that man very heavily in that fight against Gerald, and he surprised me very, very happily. I was very pleased with that performance. So, I just want to say, everyone needs to be like Joe Pfeiffer. But two, 
What are your opinions on Bilal saying that he might move up to 185 for a fight with Hamza or Sean Strickland? Is that just talk or like, is he just upset? I don't know. I just think that's kind of like ridiculous in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Pfeiffer looked good, man. Like that fight was going one of two ways. Either Pfeiffer was going to knock. That's the way I saw it. Pfeiffer is going to knock Mearshart out in the first or Mearshart is going to submit him in the second. That's how I saw it. Pfeiffer got the big shot. And that was it. Gerald was done. Pfeiffer gets the big win. I like Joe. He's a good fighter. It's not that I, I picked Mearshart, uh, but that was mostly because I needed, needed a move to, to make to try to be different. And if Mearshart could get out of the first round, gave him 10 minutes with a pretty good opportunity to win. So... But yeah, Piper colded him in the first and not colded him, but he knocked him out and Mearshot was done by the time he hit the floor. That fight was over. He was just waiting for the referee to stop it. But yeah, Joe looked good. As far as Bilal wanted to go to 185, I mean, sure, if that's what he wants to do, okay. He could fight Strickland, I guess. Be an interesting one. Hamzad, 185 would be interesting too, but I think more people would rather. That's the problem with Bilal. Like, he can say, I want to go up and fight Hamzad at 185, but there are just too many people that people, the fans would want to see Hamzad fight at 185 or even 170 more than Bilal. Like, him, Hamzad fighting Paul Costa, you ask 10, you ask 100 MMA fans, which fight they'd rather see, 98 of them are going to say Paulo Costa. And that's just kind of the, the problem with Bilal. Good fighter, he just can't get over that hump. Where, like, people just are, we have to see him fight. We have to see it. And Bilal's about as over as he's ever been right now. But then you go out and say, like, nah, I'll just go to 185. And then it's just like, oh, boy, here we go again. I don't think that was the right thing to say. Just focus on Gilbert or focus on Shafkat. And he just, the other thing is too, like it was, hey, I'm going to slap Colby in the face. He's the dude. And no, I'm not fighting Shafkat. Oh no, maybe Gilbert Burns. No, you know what? How about Kamar Usman? That's it. I'm going to fight Kamar Usman at 170. Cool. And now all of a sudden, nope, now I'm going to 185 to fight Strickland at, you got to bitch make up your mind, man. You're all over the place. You're all over the place. We talked about this on BTL. Who does Bilal Muhammad have to beat for people to remember the name? And I said I had the right answer. The correct answer is Bilal Muhammad. He needs to beat Bilal Muhammad. He needs to stop his mind from going in 18,000 different directions. Because that's why he's in the position he's in now. But hopefully he gets one of the 18,000 things he wants. Alan, hello. Alan, are you there? You're muted. All right, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, heck of a morning there, Mike. First time caller in. I got a twofer here for you. One strange and one serious. Serious one, how long do you think John Jones retains heavyweight before retirement? And my goofy one, would you like to see a 
what was it called? Siamese boxing match between the Paul brothers and the Diaz brothers. That's all I got. Thanks, Mike. I mean, yeah. Let's go. I'd watch the hell out of that. Fight Circus, get those guys on the phone. Let's make that thing uh let's make that thing a reality. John Jones, how long will he retain until he retires? I think he'll fight Stipe and then probably retire after that. I don't know if it's like a full-fledged retirement, but probably more of like a, all right, I'm out until something more interesting or something else compelling comes comes our way. Because there just isn't much for him that's going to get him up. Like, Do you think he's going to give a shit about fighting Sergey Pavlovich or Curtis Blades? No, I don't think so. There's just really nothing after steep because that's why the steep A fight's even happening. Because this is the one John wants for his legacy. Now, Shaheen Al Shadi, our wise wordsmith, put it out there that, well, you know what? Maybe he'll take one more to like tie the record for most, you know, heavyweight title wins or something like that. Maybe he'll fight a couple more to just get that record. But at that point, like, he'll just kind of pick and choose who he's going to fight. So, but to me, I think he'll just go and beat Stipe and just be done for the time being until something else happens. I don't know. Even Dana White saying the same thing. But I'm surprised that Surprise International Fight Week doesn't seem to be a thing between those two guys. That could change. But it kind of felt like John and Stipe was like kind of the no-brainer for July. It seems like Stipe's in. Dana White said at the press conference, like John won the fight and he's kind of disappeared. And I don't know. John's a, John's a different kind of cat. He said July might be too soon. And then he called Stipe out on social media for not signing in July. And Stipe is like, what are you talking about, dude? I'm here. We'll see you in July. And now there's like no talk of that fight at all for that card. So it's, it's very strange and hopefully it happens. And, but after that, I just don't know what else John will want to do. Cause I don't think any of those other names at heavyweight get him excited, which to me is, is why we're getting is why UFC Charlotte kind of flipped a little bit instead of getting Anthony Smith versus Johnny Walker as the main event for UFC Charlotte, we're getting Jelton Almeida versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike is the main event. And I think this is the this is the Jailton push. I think they're giving him the push. I think they think John is going to fight Stipe and then be done. And we're going to have another vacant title situation or at least need an interim title put up. And I think they're they're giving Jailton the big push. Because I just don't see... I mean, it's not saying Jarzinho has zero chance against Jailton, but I think Jailton's probably going to kill him. In a, in a fighting stance, he's just going to take him down. He's going to sit on him, and he's going to beat him up. I don't think that fight goes very well for, for Jarzy and Rosenstrike, and it just seemed kind of strange that they switched that main event, but that was like the big read I got. is like, all right, this is the Jailton push. They're giving him the push. They know something we don't. They don't think... John is long for the heavyweight title run at the at the moment. So let's give Jailton the push and see what he can do. Uh, let's go to S. Ahmed. Hello. Ahmed, hello. 
Ahmed. All right. Let's get Viking in and we'll see if Ahmed can get through one more time and then I got to go. Viking, hello. Hello. What's up, man? What do you got? Uh, everything is fine. Uh, as they are saying, uh, I mean, Dana White and UFCs, that you know they are going to open an PI and they are looking forward to go to the Africa. So, as we all know, lots of fighters from Africa, they are going to be heavy strikers and, and less grapplers. So... How you're saying them getting a success, getting a success in UFC when you need to be and nowadays? I mean, the modern day UFC era, you need to be a perfect mixed martial artist if you want to be successful. So, what's your thoughts on that? Those fighters are and. If they are not going to be successful, the Africa, UFC, Africa, they're not going to be that kind of, you know, uh, draws or something like that. So what's your thoughts on that? Thanks a lot. I mean, that's probably why they're opening the PI. Try to get them the right coaches, right different things to try to round out their games a little bit. So... Yeah, I mean, if they're building the PI there, that means they're invested in the area and invested in the potential talent that's there and the holes in the games, they can at least try to fill them in some way. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when they actually open it up. Cabello, are you there? You're muted. Cabello. All right. Four on sniper. Yep. Hey, so uh, I don't think too many people predicted Raul Rosas suffering his uh, first defeat this weekend. Um, I wanted to know what were your thoughts on the matchmaking and why don't you think they fed Raul at least three or four, I guess, cans you would call them? Uh, why didn't they do that? Why did they give him a guy who seems to be pretty legit? Yeah, this was uh, – I read this one pretty wrong. I mean, I, I felt like Christian could be competitive in this fight because of his grappling ability, his ability to stay patient. But the weight miss threw me off, and there were a lot of other things that happened where I was just like, man, maybe Raul is just going to run him over. I gave a lot of praise and, – and I still do. I, I usually give a lot of praise to the matchmakers. I think as a whole, they're not great at developing talent unless they singularly pinpoint a fighter that they're like, all right, this is what we want to do with this guy. We want to get him from here to here. How do we do that as quickly as possible? So I thought maybe they just saw something in this matchup with that we didn't see. And that has happened a lot. And that didn't happen here. That didn't happen here. Christian Rodriguez just shut a lot of people up and good on him for the win. But again, him missing weight, hurts this win a ton for me. It does. It does. Yeah, he got the MMA hour rub, and that's great. But 
it would be he'd be over much more had he had he not missed weight. You gotta get that shit under control, man. This is you can't or just move up. You can't keep missing weight on these big opportunities. You gotta get it together. So to me, the win isn't as it's just not as impactful to me because he missed. It's more on Raul. It's more on Raul than it is. It's more on Raul losing than Christian winning. And a lot of that has to do with him missing weight. He's got to figure that out because he's good. He's a solid hand. And he was right. Pick the right matchup. Cameron Simon, let's go. Give me that auto point, baby. All right, we'll take a couple more and then I really have to go. We'll try getting Pella in. The wheel of death is spinning, so I don't think it's going to happen. Yep. No connection. Casey. Casey, are you there? Yo, what's going on? What's up, man? Hey, so um, one thing that um, about the weight that you were just talking about, I really think the UFC has got to do some of these weight classes, man. I mean, like, it's just so dangerous. Like, you you see these videos of these guys cutting all this weight and how much they have to lose. I mean, like, bro, like, freaking looking at um, – who was the guy that Izzy fought, bro? I can't even think right yeah. now. Yeah, like, bro, like, how the hell is this guy getting down to that weight? Like, it's just crazy, man. And, like, the competition – with where it's at right now and the competition level of the UFC, I think it would just be better for the sport if they just did it in like 10 pound increments, bro. I mean, I just think that's just like the best way to handle it. And that, that's really all I had to say. I want to hear your thoughts on that. And then Izzy, I mean, bro, I mean, like this guy is just, I, I, he's, he's one of my favorites probably of all time. I mean, like, there's just not a lot like he's just so different man like the way that he won and just the way his fights have always played out like dude he's just he's just a superstar man and like thank god he's in the sport where right now because when the Ganu being gone and and this and that like there's one guy israel out of sonia that you can point to that you know it's just gonna lay it all out there and just put on an absolute show man and just love it. So appreciate you letting me speak. And uh, I just want to hear your thoughts on the, on the weight. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, look, we need more classes. I think it's pretty clear. Um, I also think it's pretty clear. The UFC isn't going to change anything. So yeah, I mean, look, Pereira knows he's got a lot of weight to cut. And we saw those images of him sitting in the sauna, like two, three weeks out before the fight. And he made it, made it on the nose. He made it, and he makes it every time. That dude's making weight. Christian Rodriguez should be making weight. It's just, it's just tough, man. And it's not like that fight was. It's not like he had three weeks to prepare for this fight. He had a long time. That that Roses Rodriguez fight was one of the first fights booked for the card. Before we even knew what the main event and the co-main event was, that fight was on the card. You got to get better at it. You got to make weight. 
But yes, I don't want to see guys cutting ridiculous amounts of weight, but some guys can do it. Even Pereira's making it. Uh, Pratty, I'll go to you, and then that's it. What's up? Who should fight Israel next? It's Alex Pereira. It's Alex Pereira. Run it back now. You got to do it now. Otherwise, it's gone. It's not a back pocket fight. It's now or never. Well, maybe not never, but you have to hope Pereira goes to 205 and wins the belt, and Adesanya just gets totally bored. Otherwise, this, this rivalry ends there and doesn't seem like the right place to do it. So, all right, I got to go. Thank you all very much. Zeke, I see you there, but we're going to have to wait till Thursday. Uh, but you'll be, as soon as you jump in, you cut everybody. So, Thank you all very much. Uh, We'll be back Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll do it again. We'll have a BTL on Thursday. uh, And we'll be getting you ready for UFC Kansas City, headlined by Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. And guess what, folks? We have boots on the ground in Kansas City. And guess who it is? Jed Mishu. That's right. Jed Mishu will be at Media Day. He will be at... The press conference, if there is one, the flowing locks of Jed Mishu will be in Kansas City. So, very excited. Thank you very much. Back on Thursday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. 
Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.